have our friend here. This is, first of all, my friend, Pastor Mark from Poland. And so if you're a guest with us and you, or if you have never been here when Mark has been here, uh, he is our original connection to the nation of Poland. And he's been coming to this church for about 15 or 16 years, I believe. Not sure exactly what was the first year. Um, but he's been connected with some in our church for quite a bit longer than that, over 25 years, maybe close to 30 years. 30 years. 30 years. Uh, I still think I'm like 30. So <clears throat> that's what time's going You probably do too, right? Um, <clears throat> so... We are so pleased to have him here today, and he'll go into all this, the ministry that's going on. But, uh, you know, there's, I just want to say there's, we value long-term relationships and missions. Uh, we, that's one of our, our values is relationship and connection that you can do so much more and receive so much more when you consistently are connected to the same mission fields. And so God, one of the mission fields that God has called us to be connected to is the, is the mission field in Poland. And we'll, we are so thankful for Pastor Mark and his leadership of the church there, uh, and the multiplication of the ministry that's happened in that region. And he has done all kinds of things and been all kinds of places and probably will tell us a few stories today. But just know that he is a lover of Jesus and, uh, and a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been used by God in amazing ways uh, over the years, and he's not done yet. So let's welcome Pastor Mark. Thank you, brother. Come on. Well, good to be here again. It's been uh, 30 years in 1988, when I came here to this city first time, and everything because of the Ivan Meissner who came to Christ for the Nations and he brought me here to this city. I really appreciate it for his wife today that she can be also in the church. Um, we've got a, a few few things that I want to share with you before I got to God's word. I believe that that God wants to do something good. In each one of us. Amen? Yeah. You know, I, we, we've got just celebrated 30 years of our anniversary of our wedding, our marriage. And then, and then two weeks ago, I've got the new card. The, the picture is a little bit older than the, the previous one. So forget about the previous one. Now you can get this picture, put it on the refrigerator and pray for us, Okay. You're very welcome. <laughs> but my wife, my wife, she's still the same. She's still young as she was, she was before. And she sends her greetings to all of you, and then as well from the church, and then from Swavek that he was here with me last, uh, last year. Um, well, before I will show you the presentation, the new life is a totally new presentation that we've done. Uh, this year, in the beginning of this year, I was uh, invited to go to Armenia, Georgia, and among the Kurdis. So when I was going there, uh, I was praying, God, God, how can I be a blessing to those nations? One of the things that, that really touched my heart, I was standing close to the border with Turkey, and behind me, there was a huge mountain of Ararat, 
where the Noah's Ark is settled. It was amazing. I, I, was, I was looking at this mountain and I said, man, I thought this is just a small mountain, but this is huge. This is one of the biggest mountains in whole Europe. And then so, so I'm standing there and I said, God, this is the land that, that, uh, that our forefathers were walking here and, then, uh, and living here. And then so, uh, so when, I, when I went there, I was praying that God will uh, use me in these nations. So, so I, I brought, bought many Bibles for Armenians. I left many Bibles for Armenians. I met, left many Bibles for, for uh, Georgian uh, people. And then I, I was meeting with the Kurdish, very humble people, very small people. They don't have a land. No, they, they, they meet together, but they don't have a, a land as, as you have, as we have. You know, there was a time in the history that Poland didn't have a land either. And I understand how to be a nation without a land. Even I wasn't that time alive, but I understand it because that's, that's my roots. So... Uh, so I was praying, and I came to this small group. The pastor's name was Raza. And then I came to them, and I said, uh, Brother, uh, you know, when I was praying for you, God put in my heart to bring you 40 Bibles. And he started to cry. I said, uh, what's going on? He said, we've been working with the 40 young people and we can't afford to buy the Bibles for them. Wow. And it was just the answer to, to their prayers. So I blessed them with this. And then, Lord's willing, next year I, I'm going again to, to, to see them and then to minister in those places. And, then, uh, and because I speak Russian, so I can communicate very easy with them. Is there anyone who speaks Russian here? You speak Russian? <laughs> uh, okay, are we ready? baptism service that we had we grow by baptism we grow by evangelism prison ministry we've done so many different activities in this prison and then after the games and the tournaments that we were doing we give away bibles to to them that's that's a mistake it's not albania there was kurdis there was this is georgia 
Susan Bozart that came from Christ to the Nation and she was ministering. This is the pastor's conference that we had in October too. It was a powerful time. It was a time of ministry and praying. Susan Bozart. Do you like it? Huh? It's a new. Uh, really appreciate for your prayers and for all kind of the help and support that you do for for us, for Poland, and then uh, you've done uh, you've done such great work, and then uh, we're looking forward to have you next year, very soon, just in a couple months. Yeah. You know, uh, you're never alone when you are alone. Sometimes we. We feel there are moments in our lives that we feel alone. And in our pilgrims with Jesus, sometimes there are situations that we are alone. But listen, you are not alone when you are alone. In the book of Timothy, chapter, second letter of Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 16 to 18, we read this. At my first defense, Paul is talking about his life. This is the last of his letter that he wrote. No one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. From the beginning of Paul's life, he experienced lots of moments in his life to be lonely. Even in the beginning, when he was on the way to Damascus, Persecuting Christians, persecuting the church. He was full of angry. He had this desire to destroy Christ and to destroy his disciples. And listen, it was his free will, free decision. Nobody 
told him that you have to do that. It was his own decision. But on the way to Damascus, when he heard the voice of God, and when he submitted to this voice, he was alone for three days. Sometimes when people got saved, they alone. I don't know how it is here in the States, although I am coming here every year. <laughs> Some people, they say, you're probably more in the States than in Poland. I said, no, no, Poland is my country. <laughs> but sometimes in Poland, when people are getting saved and coming out from the bad environment, their whole families and friends get mad at them. I remember with my... Uh, Different stories of the people who were getting saved in our church. Some young people. There was one girl that she got saved. She came home. She told her mom, Mom, I'm a different person. I, now I belong to Christ. The mom said, You would be better drinking and taking drugs than going to this church. She became alone. Sometimes when we are walking with God... Our friends who were so close friends to us, because we were doing goofy stuff with them, when we got saved, all of a the sudden they're not any more friends with us, yes? It's exactly what happened with Paul. He started to live a godly life. And when he submitted to this God's word and his voice, he said, what do I have to do? Just think about that. Three days in trauma. I understand different sicknesses. I understand if somebody goes through the flu. I went through the flu a lot of times. I understand what does it mean to lay in bed and you cannot move. But I can't understand somebody who saw... And all of a sudden became blind. It's very hard for me to imagine this. Depending on somebody's help all the time. Can you imagine that? I understand going to the hospital. I understand be at home, sick. But cannot see. It's very hard. What did he think? When he lost his sight, he needed somebody. He needed somebody who would come to his life. Well, not long time ago, we had a baptism service last month. I mean, this is December. That was the last, before October. And then we baptized a few people, and then one of them was a boy, Welsh man, he was a, he's a truck driver. And because he couldn't go through the foundation of faith classes, because he's driving all week long and only Saturdays and Sundays he's free. So I, I met with him on Saturdays just together. So I'm talking to him. I said, Valdek, tell me something about your life. Why do you want to be baptized? And he's telling his story. He says, I went through the tough time in my life. My wife, 
She was involved with the Catholic Church. She was molested by the Catholic priest. Because of that, she started to drink. She was coming home every night, fainted by the door. I didn't know what to do. Then I met with one friend, who is my friend, and was telling him about Christ, and he got saved. He said, I started to pray for her. I didn't see any hope, but I didn't tell her. I didn't push on her. I didn't tell her what to do and how to do. I was just praying, and by my own life, showing her example. When she saw the change, one day she came home, totally sober. And then he told me, now, for the last over one year, she's coming home every day sober. Not only that, every Sunday she comes to the church with him. She's not safe yet, but she's close. Amen? She's close. So you're not alone when you are alone. Let's come back to Paul. Paul needed the help. It was not the help that came from the pastor. Usually we expect that in our churches. It wasn't the help that came from the leader. It wasn't the help that came from the elder or the special man. No. It was just the believer whose name was Ananias. Just the believer. If we even don't know so much about him, what we know is that he was dedicated to God, he was praying, and he heard God's voice. That means that he was spending time with the Lord. Ananias was sensitive for the voice of God. And when God spoke to his life, he listened to this voice. He was a man of prayer. He knew God's voice. When we started the church in this small city of Griffith Shlonsky, we started this, this church from the prayer. We were meeting every day in the morning. We were praying and we were listening to God's voice. And I probably most of you know the stories, but I never forget the one story when I'm in the car after the one hour prayer with just a few ladies for revival in this small town. Driving in the square of Griffith when you have ice cream and sometimes lunch. <laughs> so, seeing so many drunk people early in the morning at 7. And I started to pray. I was full of the compassion. I said, God, touch their lives. Change their lives. Let them be free. And all of a sudden I hear the voice speaking to me. You do that. What do you do? Sometimes it's good to pray in the car and stay in the car. (laughs) But when you hear the voice and you know this is the voice from the Lord, you better listen to this voice. Amen? Came out from the car and started to talk to those drunk people. And I told him, there's no hope for you. You don't have to stay here for the rest of your life. God can change your life. And out of this ministry, today, some of those People who were laying on the streets today are pastors and the leaders. This is what God is doing. We heard the voice. So uh, Ananias heard the voice. And I knew also that this city is the city. There's a lot of people who are hurting and they feel alone. 
And they need somebody who will come to their lives and walk along with them and tell them that you are not alone when you are alone. Ananias was ready to fulfill difficult tasks. You know, helping new people, it is a great responsibility. It's not an easy job. That's a dedication. If not God in my life, if he wouldn't call me to the ministry, forget it to go into the small town. I wanted to go to the big city. I was in Warsaw five years, studying in Warsaw. I love Warsaw. And all of a sudden, God is sending me to this small city of 8,000 people that nothing is there. But you obey. Because when God is sending you and telling you what to do, it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what your imagination is about this. You do what God is calling you to do. So God is calling Ananias and telling him, listen, you go. Helping new people, it's not easy. But to lead in love is so important and not in judging. I never came to these people, to this man, when I was talking with them. I never told him, you go to hell. They knew already that they go to hell. They felt like they were in hell. They didn't need to hear about this. They needed to hear that there's a new hope for them. There's a new life for them. That they don't have to stay in the place where they are because there is a new destination for their lives. Heaven. Eternal life. I remember one boy. Some of you know him. You know Janusz and Marzena. I remember him. We took him from the streets. He was homeless. He was homeless. I had that time Marzena. She was my secretary. So he came then and he stayed with one of our homeless rooms by Andrew's apartment that time. And then they, he got saved. He got delivered from the alcohol bandage. Fall in love with my secretary. <laughs> Marry them. They have a beautiful Natalia girl. Dark hair. He is every Sunday, an hour before the church starts. He says, I can't wait to the next Sunday that I can be in the church to be around brothers and sisters. But before, he felt so alone. You're never alone when you are alone. You're never alone when you are alone. Ananias was ready to hear God and to go. And Paul, in his loneliness of his time, he needed four things. Are you ready for those four things? Okay. Like, sometimes when we feel alone, we need those things. The first thing Paul needed, he needed touch of other person. He needed the presence of the other person who would come to his life. He needed somebody who was faithful that he would come and touch his life. By the way, I really appreciate for your prayers for Renata and Eddie 
when they had a car accident. Maybe most of you don't know everything, details. But there was a young man who got drunk and fight with his wife, went, took a car, and wanted to commit suicide, and he was driving, and hit the side when Renata was sitting, and this big pickup, Nissan Navara, jumped in the air, rolled over. When the, when the ambulance came and a helicopter came, they were asking where are the dead body. It looked so bad. So they end up in the hospital. Renata ended up in the hospital in uh, Zgorzelec. Eddie went to Yelena Gura. So I went to see Eddie. I sent Marisha to, to Zgorzelec. It was bad. She was almost dying. She was in the operation room. But we stayed with them every day. People were coming to the rooms and they were praying for them. She was staying six weeks in the intensive care. And today, at this presentation, you could see her standing. It was her and Eddie standing and worshiping God. Only God. But they needed somebody who would stay along with them, who would touch their lives. How many people live today in your area, in your environment, and they're just waiting, maybe for you, that you will come and touch their lives? I believe that sometimes when you are alone, you are longing for somebody who will come to your life and just touch your life. Paul needed to see somebody who is faithful in action, who is faithful with love, with care, with help, that who was interested about his life. You're never alone when you're alone. But if you see somebody alone, maybe they need you, that you can come along with their lives and touch their lives. And touch their lives. The second thing Paul needed to know, he needed to be recognized as a brother. Just think about it. Nobody wanted to touch his life. He was murderer. He was bad man. If somebody heard the name Saul from Tarsus, nobody wants to even be around him. And all of a sudden, God is asking Ananias, you go to this man. But God, you know who he is. I know. God knows everything. God knows everything. So he's coming to his life. What is he telling him? What the world is telling to his life that changes his life forever. He's speaking one word. Brother. What does it mean? You forgiven? You accepted? Nobody will tell you what you have done in the past because you are the brother. You are the brother. One word I think cost Paul maybe he was crying. I don't, know, I don't know what the word and how this word brother made uh, impact into his life. When I go to heaven, I will know. I will ask him, Paul, tell me, how this word touched your life? 
He knows that he's forgiven for what he did. And he received the Lord as a personal Savior. He needed to hear this word, brother. Many people in our lives, they need to hear the word that will build them up and not put down. Amen. They would need to hear they are accepted, not rejected. You saw in the presentation a beautiful place that we have, Mission Center. But the, there was a time it was a bad place. <laughs> it was Mafia Hotel. Surrounded by the policemen, helicopters to get the Mafia people out of this place. So co-owner, he was right hand of the Mafia boss in our area. He, com he committed all... He broke all the law. All commandments were broken by him. All of them. He ended up in the prison. He's been in prison eight years. I visited him in the prison. He came out from the prison. He's coming to the church every Sunday, wow. worshiping God. And his wife too. So he comes. First what he's doing, he's coming to me, takes my hand and kisses my hand. I said, Vitek, don't do that to me. What? I'm not the Godfather. <laughs> don't do this <laughs> he says I honor you so much because you've been with me when I went through the tough time and I, I, I love you and I want to stay here with you for the rest of my life somebody who's been so bad today worshiping the Lord coming to the church every Sunday Giving glory to God. Amen? Amen? You are not alone when you are alone. He became my brother. And I told him, Vitek, you are my brother. He needed to hear this word. That he is not rejected, but he is receiving. People are hungry to hear the word of acceptance, not condemnation. The third thing, when I look at Paul's life, Paul needed the power of healing in his life. He got blind. He was sick. He lost his sight. He needed somebody, he needed Ananias to come to his life to help him with his sickness. He needed the healing power and God used Ananias in this case. People around us are sick physically, spiritually, Emotionally, and they need somebody who would come and touch their lives. How about you? How about you? Maybe there was somebody in your life that came to your life and your life got changed. What would happen if he or she wouldn't come to your life? There's always price. The beginning of this year, we had, a, we had a conference that we had a couple, well, the family from Germany. Well, actually, they were, they were Polish. When we started the church, they moved to our area. They stayed with our church for one year on the way going to Germany because of he got German's roots so he could go and move to Germany. And they moved close to Frankfurt for many years. 
They had three kids. One of their daughter's names is Karina. She was a small girl. My boys were playing with them. The children from the church were playing with them. Now she's grown up. Two years ago when she came to us, she said she was diagnosed with a cancer. They took her to the hospital. We've been praying for her. They removed the, the cancer. Everything seems okay. Last February. She came to the conference. And she told us that she's going to the hospital because the cancer got spread all over her body. So we started to pray for her. We were asking that God's power will come and kill every cell of this cancer. We were believing that God can do the miracle. So we were praying for her. And she went back. She went to the hospital. They prepared her for the operation. The operation didn't go long. They brought her back to, to her room, and there were all staff doctors around her bed. And the main doctor said this, Lady, we don't know what's happened. We open your body. We were trying to search for the cancer cells. We couldn't find none. We close you. And he is, an, he is not a believer, but he saw the Bible by her bed. And he said this, you know to whom you should be thankful. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. She needed somebody who would stay along with her and pray for her. They pray for the power of healing power in her body. Amen. How many people today? They need somebody who will stay along in the journey. And the last thing, and I'm done. I'm leaving back tonight to Dallas. And tomorrow back to Poland to see my queen of Poland. (laughs) The last thing, Paul needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias, he didn't only came to his life and touch his life. He didn't only came to his life and told him, you are accepted. You are not rejected. You are my brother. He didn't come only to his life and told him, you need the power of healing in your body. But he came to his life also and he said, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without his power, we can't do nothing. I wouldn't be nobody if not the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I couldn't do anything in this small town. There wouldn't be non-saved people. But because of his power that he used me and others, over 2,000 people got saved in this small town. Because of his power. Paul needed the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But he needed somebody to come to his life and pray with him. How many people today? Need somebody who will come to his life and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. You're never never alone when you are alone. Amen? Amen. 
God bless you. Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you what you have done, done, what you are doing. I thank you for every person here. I thank you for those who are not today and maybe they are away. Let your hand be upon them. And Lord, we just surrounded our lives into your hands. Let your will be done in our life. And let your kingdom be established in our lives, in our churches. Amen. Be praying for me, because there's a long journey to see this beautiful lady. Thank you. Amen. Well, we, we, one thing we also want to do is uh, let you know about the child sponsorship program that is going on in Poland. And so um, we're going to watch a video that will tell you about it if you're new and have never been here for Pastor Mark. And on the back table there will be brochures that uh, look like this. I need this one. Okay. Uh, uh, many years ago, God put in my heart to help kids in our area. And there was a time that we were helping uh, 25 children every year. 25 children. But a few years ago, God put in my heart to see if there are any handicapped kids in our area. So I came to the mayor, who is my friend. And I told him, Oleg, do you have any kids who are handicapped? He said, Marek, there are a lot. I said, can you find a way that they can contact me? And I need somebody, some of those kids in the family, that the family don't drink and don't spend the money on drinking. And so in 30 minutes, he connected with the social worker director. She connected with those families, and they started to call us. And then... The, I remember one day I came to one family, visit them, and to see this kid. He is with the autism. And then, they, so I told him that I'm the pastor here in this small town. Uh, and I said, I want, we want to help you. And I know the situation. No, it's hard. So we, we want to assist just with the portion, not everything, just with the portion to help those kids. I was leaving his home. He was just running after me. He told me this. Why you do this? We even don't come to your church. We are Catholics. The Catholic priest never came to us to ask about our child. What he's thinking about, he's thinking about the changing only the cars into newer car. And he even didn't come to us. And you're coming and we don't go to your church. I said, you know, it doesn't matter if you go to my church or not. We want to do that because of the love of Jesus Christ. And we want to bless your child. So uh, the commitment is always one year. And then we renew that every year when I come, back, come here. So if you want to support this child, it's, a, it's a $40 a month or the one time 480 And it's everything written in this, uh, in, this, uh, in this flyer. Everything is written as far as the address and then and a place. So I appreciate for that. And then please show this presentation.